Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Well, welcome everybody. This is Carol Topp, the host of the Homeschool CPA Podcast. I have with me two other homeschool leaders, uh, Jamie and Doreen, and we are talking about the difficult time that homeschool leaders are going through right now since we have faced the coronavirus and it has forced us all into our homes. Schools are closed, businesses are closing, uh, and definitely our homeschool groups have been asked not to meet in order to stop the spread. And in the first episode, we just talked about the difficult decisions that leaders have to make. And in this episode, we want to focus on how do your groups stay connected. You as a leader are going to miss those groups. You've, You've formed a group because you wanted connection, and now we don't have connection. So although there is technology and things like that, I want to talk about you know, how you as a leader uh, need to connect with your groups and keep encouraging parents. So so let's lead off. Jamie, how, how are you trying to stay connected with, with your group and uh, your members so that the group doesn't fall apart during this, this time period when we really don't know? This is, the, this is the end of, this is March 20th. We're about one week into our social isolation and many groups are on spring break, but they haven't really faced yet. Um, long periods of time without connection. So, so tell me what you're thinking and what you're doing right now to stay connected with your homeschool group. Sure. I think it's probably harder for the older children right now in our group than it is for us as parents or even for the younger children. I don't know. My eight-year-old, Elsie, is having a hard time. She She today brought me a little note and said, so I guess I could, like, send this in the mail to Hallie. So she is trying to figure out herself how can she stay connected um, without being stuck on a device and um, FaceTiming friends right now. But I think for me and, and talking to the, our other families, we are a group of 12 families. And in talking with the other homeschooling parents, we're feeling a lot of relief right now in that it kind of has freed us up a little bit to really settle into our homeschool routine. And so I think that's a benefit that we're feeling. But I know for the older children, I lead an online physics class on the days that we're not in community. And so we've been able to interact with that. I know our older students are working on history projects, and so they're emailing and um, FaceTiming one another to talk about that. So we're trying to encourage the use of technology in healthy ways to stay connected, but we're also encouraging families to remember that the likelihood of this lasting all the way through summer, you know, is not um, weighing on us right now. We're thinking short-term right now a little bit. So hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to reconvene and go back into our normal lives. So really, we're encouraging everyone to kind of settle in and enjoy the time that they have right now to redeem the time to maybe do some things that they're not able to do during the hustle of our regular academic year. That's good. That's good. Doreen, what what kind of advice do you have for group leaders of how to stay connected? With their members? I think 
one of the uh, key points for group leaders would be to look for a way to distribute the communication uh, mechanisms so that it's not just a me-to-all-of-you communication. You need to develop some type of grassroots, we all communicate together, we're here to support one another. I think that those connections uh, are going to be very important. I like what Jamie was saying about encouraging the downtime and possibly taking some of the the stress off regarding your ed- your children's education because right now you're dealing with so many other outside stressors that are being imposed faster and stronger on a day-to-day basis with this these new COVID-19 restrictions and requirements. People are concerned about their families, about their health. Maybe change the focus a little bit to uh, communication about uh, Something that is that is more positive. We are mm-hmm. we are working together to uh, create an arts and crafts thing. You can you can do a video and upload it to YouTube if you want to. Here is our example. Things that come to my mind would be uh, an example. Science Olympiad has something called Make It Do It, and the key to that is you you create this little nonsensical thing, maybe out of paper plates and little pom-poms and toothpicks. And then another, you give it over to somebody else, and they have to write the instructions for how to create that thing. Oh, that could, that's an cute. easy, critical thinking, communication kind of thing that you could do online, and you could do it through a little video that you could share on YouTube. Kids write instructions about how to do this. It gets them a, a picture of the thing, maybe, and then they can upload their solutions somehow. So, so different creative ways that are maybe a little less uh, aligned with a structured curriculum, a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. yeah. I uh, my my church um, has been doing working very hard to stay in communication. And what they did was they sent out a an email, um, or we actually use a a, a platform called Realm. It's sort of like social media for churches. And what they said was, every week you're going to get this. On Monday mornings, you're going to get a devotion from the pastor. He's not done that before. Mm-hmm. Okay. On mm-hmm. on Wednesdays, you're going to get a message from our family pastor, about, for, particularly for parents, to encourage you. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursday, we always have our regular three things, Thursday communication. So they tell us that they've made this plan to communicate much more frequently than they usually have. And so the pastoral staff is, gearing up to keep in touch. Now, that is very much the one-way communication. It's from the church mm-hmm. out to us. Um, there is, of course, social media. And then, of course, the services are being recorded so that we can watch the sermon. You do kind of miss group singing, though, and worship, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But I thought this is really good that they're trying to stay positive and encourage us. And I would encourage that for, for you homeschool leaders. Find a, a nice meme on Facebook or a picture or something beautiful like flowers here, daffodils are blooming here in Cincinnati, uh, the sun is shining today, try to keep your members positive and encouraged and very much that spirit of we can get through this. And it's it's hard when it's, uh, when it's not face-to-face. It's even hard physically in our neighborhoods if you're not well connected, but it's even harder when we're when we're distant. But uh, yeah, technology is great. I met with my Sunday school class via Zoom meeting mm-hmm. Sunday morning at our regular time. Zoom 
Us is a wonderful platform. It, it, there's a free version, which you can meet about 40 minutes for free, although they've been pretty generous with letting us go longer. Uh, I think I'm going to pay the whopping $15 a month to get the mm-hmm. the paid package, which allows mm-hmm. us to see each other. I did my Weight Watchers meeting that way. I did my Bible study fellowship discussion group that way this week. I don't know why. It just helps to see each other. Yeah. So go, you know, Zoom.us is really stepping up and and helping people to visually see each other in a a group chat. One thing that I would add maybe is to also consider whether or not you have members in your co-op or support group that don't have the digital access uh, that that people yeah. are really relying on now. There are families um, in our group that don't have a laptop at home. They might have a smartphone uh-huh. and some limited data packages, so they mm-hmm. are maybe in need of some other way. Perhaps they have unlimited texting. So you could take some kind of uh, approach with a group text or even just a, a phone call. You know, hi, how are you doing? Doreen, that's what I was going to say. Good old-fashioned yeah. <laughs> phone call. It's so much more personal. Remember those old phone trees? You know, Doreen and I, I are know. approximately the same age. Jamie, do you need us yeah. to explain what a phone tree is? <laughs> I do. <laughs> but it was a nice, it, it worked, didn't it? One person it called, was told to call two people with this news, and those two people called two more, and eventually word got out fairly quickly just via a phone tree. You could do stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's old technology, but you know why it worked? Just because it was personal. You get to hear someone's mm-hmm. voice. Right. I love hearing your voices right now. I feel connected to you. Um, right. Much more yeah. than if we had just emailed. Yeah. So, Jamie, let's let's talk about your emphasis. You you wanted to really try to encourage parents that they can keep things going, uh, even without their the programs or the classes. And mm-hmm. like you said, high school boy, my my children were when they were in high school, and they're grown up adults now. But they were in a two day a week program, very similar to probably what your most classical type academies are. And I really heavily depended upon those teachers to give the lessons, set the syllabus, even grade the essays. And and if, if that were suddenly taken away from me and my kids were home, wow, I not only am I dealing with the stress of am I going to be able to get groceries and do I have enough toilet paper, but now I have to homeschool my kids in a way I'm not used to because they're high schoolers. And they're chafing at staying mm-hmm. at home. They want to be with their friends. So let's let's talk about how we can encourage leaders to encourage their parents. Tell your parents they can do this. Yeah, I think it is. I think this line originated maybe with Julie Bogart, the brave writer, but that there isn't, there is no educational emergency. In that, mm-hmm. you know, it may feel I'm watching on social media colleges and college professors are saying, are we going to do a pass-fail right now? Do we just let this be? You know, schools are talking about for seniors, are they going to have a graduation? Um, And so there's this delicate, um, delicate balance for homeschoolers where if you are part of a more of an academic program such as ours where we we do plan basically everything except for math especially for the older ones you become reliant on that and so there is this little bit of anxiety on what should we be focusing on and how how connected can i be to this other tutor who i'm reliant on 
And so I think for us, um, what we want to communicate is that it's a time to really just break it down to the essentials of, mm-hmm. you know, as homeschoolers, we should not place ourselves in a position where we feel like it's an educational emergency when something like this happens. We should feel that we are equipped, and if we are feeling a little bit unsure, we should know where to go for resources. You know, I could understand those who are reliant on private or public education feeling like, oh, my goodness, what has happened? Now I'm in charge. But as a homeschool parent, even if you do have a program like you referred to, Carol, at the end of the day, um, we want to be connected enough that we can carry through a crisis. Is it harder? Is it a different schedule? Sure. But we don't want to ever become so disconnected as a homeschool parent that we've, we've assigned all of that responsibility over to someone else. So I think for many families, like um, Doreen was saying earlier, it might be a little bit of a time to reassess, you know, how dependent am I on this physics tutor? Can I mm-hmm. walk my child through determining the distance? Um, by multiplying velocity times time, can I handle that? And <laughs> you went through we, it. It's only high school. We've all been through high school, right? Yeah. And we yeah. we actually just did that on my online physics with the students this morning when Doreen was talking about kind of stepping out a little bit outside of the box. We had a, finished our assigned work for today, and so I said, "Well, let's just write our own problem." And the girl said, "Well, how long would it take us?" to travel from our home, you know, over to another girl's home. And they, mm-hmm. they wrote that problem the themselves. Problem. And so that's something a parent can do. And if they are struggling, then they can Google. <laughs> they have the resources. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to, not, to just keep that in mind. There is no educational emergency. And we, at the end of the day, you can read aloud to your children. You can put physics on hold. If you just can't do it, you can put it on hold. Um, You can go over basic math vocabulary. You can get out in the backyard. And so there are some things that even the homeschool parent who's reliant on a community can do to get through a a physical crisis, but it's not an educational emergency. Good point. I like to remind the homeschool leaders you know, as much as you love your groups and, and you love the families, to remind yourself that your group is not essential to the continuation or the success of homeschooling. If you start mm-hmm. thinking people cannot homeschool without your group, then you're in trouble of them becoming dependent upon you and then and then that undermines the relationship between the parent and the child that you're stealing Absolutely. the joy that is due that is mm-hmm. their right to educate their child. And I think you might be undermining the true this root of success in homeschooling, which is not the book learning. It is the relationship that the parent has with the child. And having two grown daughters, I'm reaping the benefits of that right now. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. Jamie, you said in the last episode that, you know, when something is taken away, something can replace it. So back to the first episode we recorded, the previous one, this is a great time to to get back to the heart of homeschooling. Tell your members that. You know, we miss you, we love you, but let's, see the the silver lining or the the blessing that can happen by being back at home with our kids? Closing thoughts? Mm -hmm. Well, I just had one thought. You know, as a homeschool group leader, we are pulled 
in these different directions. And so I want to encourage the leaders to, um, and for them to encourage maybe the tutors in the hands and feet of the community to just think about what we can do during this time when our attention isn't so divided. Just to encourage you to really think about, you know, my husband is loving that I'm, that I'm cooking every single evening. So, you know, what can we be doing that maybe we're, we don't get to in our regular academic year? I just want to encourage homeschool group leaders to think about this season for what it can do and not necessarily just what it's taking away. That's beautiful. Great. All right. Well, thank you again, ladies. We're going to wrap this up with one more session where we're going to talk about the identity crisis that can happen to leaders when they are no longer leading. And that's kind of more the emotional impact. So tune in next time for that podcast, folks. Thanks so much. And thanks for all you do, leaders. You are my heroes during this very difficult time and always. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents radio show with Carol Topp here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.